Great. Well, this morning we are continuing our summer series on rest. And um, I don't know, from some of the feedback I've been getting, it sounds like I'm not the only one who finds this whole issue of resting well and resting in Christ um, challenging. I think a lot of us find it challenging. And I thought Mike did a great job last week on encouraging us to make sure that we're drawing from the right source to find refreshment and to be refueled and refilled. And of course, that is Jesus himself. It's the presence of God. That's where we find our refreshing. That's where we find our strength. That's where we find our peace. This morning, we're going to be looking at the whole subject of burdens, of burdens. Each one of us, all of us, carry burdens of one description or a kind. I I don't know if this morning, maybe you feel a little bit like that donkey. He's kind of given up, hasn't he? He's just like, I'm just going to hang here. There's nothing I can do. Or maybe you feel a little bit like that, that lorry there. I feel sorry for that cow. I just noticed, actually, in the bottom right-hand corner. That is not a very safe place to be. Maybe that sums up how you're feeling at the moment. Really overburdened. But the truth is, we all carry burdens. And the wonderful invitation that is made to every single one of us is found in Matthew 11:28 to 30. It's really been the key scripture throughout this series. Let's read it together. This is Jesus speaking. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's a promise. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Lord, we just thank you for this wonderful invitation that is made to each one of us. Whatever situation we are facing, whatever we are having to carry at this moment, this invitation to come to you, lay our burdens at your feet and experience true rest. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to give us ears that hear and hearts that respond. Speak to us and continue to speak to us this morning. Amen. Amen. Whenever I think of being heavily burdened, I often think of uh, John Bunyan's famous novel, Pilgrim's Progress. Who's actually read Pilgrim's Progress? Few of you. I, I kind of, I haven't actually officially read it from cover to cover. I, I kind of grew up in the 70s and um, I remember watching some fairly cheesy adaptations of the novel, but uh, actually they're remaking it for 2018. They're currently filming a new modern version of Pilgrim's Progress. But I also didn't realize that it's the second most read book in the world after the Bible, which is pretty good going, isn't it? The second most read book. And in fact, it's the first novel ever to be written in English. There you go. 
but it was written over three centuries ago in 1678. And if you're not familiar with the story, it's a story of a young man called Christian seeking to be rid of this enormous burden of sin and shame and guilt. And it plots his journey. It's in the form of a dream. It plots his journey to this celestial city. And fairly early on in the, in the journey, we get this wonderful moment when Christian comes across the cross. And he gazes at the cross. And as he looks at the cross, he feels this heavy burden that he's been carrying just fall from his back and it rolls down the hill straight into the empty tomb of Jesus, swallowed up in death. You can almost imagine him singing, the cross stands above it all. He is free. He feels his back. It's gone. There's a lightness. There's a freedom. But the rest of the story of his progress. It's all about his ongoing journey of faith through different trials, like the valley of the shadow of death, through different temptations as he goes through Vanity Fair. All the time, the enemy trying to enslave him again, burden him again. And the truth is, Even after we have surrendered our lives to Jesus, even after we ourselves have experienced the freedom of this crushing weight of sin and guilt lifted off us because of the cross, there can be the temptation again to start picking up burdens that God has already freed us from. So rather than experiencing what we've been reading about, that actually my burden is light, Jesus said. My yoke is easy. We're like, well, why am I feeling so overwhelmed? Why am I feeling so burdened again? And we'll be looking at some of the reasons for that. But this is actually what was happening to the churches in Galatia. You know, Paul wrote the letter to the Galatians basically warning them about this. You know, this was a church that was founded on what Paul taught as the gospel of grace. The gospel of grace, the fact that our salvation is a gift, totally unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor. You know, any other teaching is not the gospel, he says. And yet in this church throughout the region of Galatia, this teaching was starting to creep in, saying, yeah, yeah, that's great, but if you really want to please God, you've got to do this, and you've got to do that, and you've got to do this. You know, if you really want to be assured of your salvation, then you need to do X, Y, and Z. And basically, Paul says, you're falling away from grace. You're turning to self-reliance. You're turning to religious works, which is no gospel at all, if you think about it. If the gospel means good news, where is the good news in the fact that actually you have to work for your salvation? 
that actually, if you want God's acceptance, it's down to your performance. That's not good news. And that's not the gospel. Going back to Pilgrim's Progress, after Christian is freed from his burden at the cross, he comes across two characters, one called formalist, one called hypocrisy. Formalist, he's all about religious performance. It's all about how good he looks. You know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's. It's like the Pharisees. Hypocrisy is all about religious pretense. He's just playing the part. He just wants to look good. But both of those, it's all about an outward display. It's not about an inner heart conviction. And they try and get Christian to follow their path. The same path that these false teachers were trying to get the church in Galatians to follow. And yet Christian was having none of it. He says this. He says, I walk by the rule of my master. You walk by the rude working of your fancies. I love the old English, don't you? The rude working of your fancies. Basically, he's saying, no, I'm not going to follow your demands. I'm not going to follow your path. I am yoked to Jesus. I am following his path of grace, not your path of religious legalism. You know, when his burden fell at the cross, he was given fresh robes, fresh clothes. He's he's basically saying to them as well, look, I'm wearing robes of Christ's righteousness. I'm not going to start putting on rags of, of performance. He's really strong against this. He goes on to say, hey, you came in to this way without his direction, and you will go out without his mercy. It's quite harsh, isn't it? He's very blunt with them. He's like, I'm not going to get dragged into picking up all these burdens again. You have to do this. You have to do that. No. He's really blunt with them. And you know, when Paul is too to the Galatians, he says this in Galatians 5, chapter 1, and it is such an important lesson that we need to learn if we're going to live in God's rest. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Be like Christian. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. You know, he's using the same language that Jesus used in Matthew 11, being burdened by or being yoked to something or someone. With the Galatians, there was this danger. They were being yoked again into religious legalism, falling away from God's grace. Rather than resting in the finished work of Jesus on the cross, they were beginning to be burdened by guilt again. Have I done enough? Is God pleased with me enough? You know what? Shame and guilt is such an unnecessary burden for a Christian to carry. How about us? Are we still carrying burdens that actually Jesus has already set us free from? Are we still yoked to something other than him? You know, I, I used to think when I read 
Our Matthew 11 passage, you know, I love the idea of Jesus taking my weariness. I love the idea of Jesus taking all my burdens. You can have them. Kind of didn't like so much the part about taking on a yoke. I'm like, well, that sounds heavy. Just got rid of my burdens. Why do I want to take on a yoke? That's a thing for a beast of burden. Doesn't sound very freeing to me. It sounds actually rather restricting and rather hard work. But the truth is, a yoke is designed to share a burden. A yoke is designed for something or someone else to take the strain with you. And the truth is, whoever we are, we are all yoked to something. We are all yoked to something. Before you give your life to Christ, you are yoked to sin. Romans 6 says we are slaves to sin. We're yoked to it. We have no choice but to follow our own sinful nature. But on the cross, as we've been singing about, Jesus broke that yoke. He broke that yoke of sin and guilt. There was an exchange, if you like, of yokes. I will take your heavy yoke of sin and shame and guilt, and I will give you my light yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. We're no longer yoked to sin. And yet sometimes we find ourselves, as I said, pulling burdens that actually God has already set us free from. You know, are we pulling burdens, carrying heavy loads from the past? Are we still carrying shame and guilt? Are we still dwelling on past mistakes and failures? Are we still wrapped with guilt about things we've done and things we've said? You know, King David knew all about that. If you know his story, he messed up big time. Adultery, murder, In Psalm 38, verse 4, he says, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. It's too heavy to bear. Guess what? When we come to the cross, when we give our lives to Jesus, we no longer have to bear that anymore. Are we still carrying hurt and pain and offense? You know, well, they've offended me. And you end up carrying it. And it's heavy. And it's uncomfortable. Guess what? You don't need to carry it. Jesus took our offenses on himself. Thing is, when we start carrying hurt and pain and when we start harboring offense so easily, unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness adds to the load. We end up just, it doesn't get lighter, it gets heavier. We don't need to be carrying burdens from the past. We can also carry burdens about the future. Unrealistic expectations. The the burden of having to live up to a certain standard of living. This is the world's view of success and I feel like a failure unless I'm pushing myself to get to that level. Unrealistic expectations. I mean, sometimes these are expectations that are put on us by our parents. But quite often, they're expectations that we put on ourselves. Unrealistic, unnecessary burdens. 
kind of relates back to what we kicked off the series with about us wanting to find value in our busyness. I push myself because it makes me feel I'm needed, makes me feel I have value. It's an unnecessary burden. Of course, there's the burden of fear. It's a huge burden. And it can come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes. We can have a fear of failure, which stops us saying yes to things we should be doing. You know, we say no out of fear of failing. We say no to things we should be saying yes to. Then you can have a fear of letting people down, which basically causes us to say yes to things actually we should say no to. It's like, oh, I have to say yes. What will they think if I say no? It's a burden. Fear of lack. Fear comes in all sorts of different shapes and sizes, but it's a huge burden that can limit our progress. Closely related to fear is anxiety. Just worry, concern. I read a recent report that said almost a quarter of the UK suffers serious emotional distress and anxiety. Quarter of the UK. And a further quarter on the verge of it. That's half our population. It's an it's a epidemic of anxiety linked with fear. You know, I just loved Casey's testimony. As fear crept in, hold on, God did not give me a spirit of fear. We can fight that in Jesus' name. It's an unnecessary burden we don't need to carry Burdens, as I said, come in all different shapes and sizes. Some of the burdens we, we bear are simply because of life. It's just life. We live in a fallen, difficult world, and we have to carry burdens. You know, difficult relationships, family relationships, working relationships can be a burden. Our whole work situation can be a burden. Financial hardships, health issues, you know, physical pain, depression, loneliness. Uh, the list is pretty endless. But, and this is the key point, but whatever your burden looks like, however huge it looks to you, each one of us has this invitation to come to Jesus all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Not the yoke of guilt and sin, not the yoke of trying to perform or comparing yourself to someone else, not the yoke of fear and anxiety. My yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. We can leave every burden at the foot of the cross. You know, Jesus is the one who bears all our burdens. It's a promise, 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your cares or anxieties onto him because he cares for you. 
You know, some of you need to know that afresh this morning. You have a God who cares for you. Do you believe that? Do you trust him? He cares for you. Psalm 55, 22, this is David again. Cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. Whatever you're going through, he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved or to be shaken. That's an amazing promise to hold on to. Psalm 68, verse 19. Praise be to the Lord God, our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. I love that. I love the truth that this is a day-by-day experience. You know, every day we can know, we can wake up in the morning, we've got this whole thing of, oh my word, I've got to face this. And yet every morning we can know, thank you God, I am not carrying these things on my own. Thank you, God. It is you who takes the strain. It is you who lifts my head. It is you who lifts my burdens. It's a daily reality. Now, I suppose the key question to ask, it really is a matter of trust. What does it mean to to give God our burdens? Well, it boils down to one word, trust. Trust. Do we trust him enough to take our burdens? Do we trust him enough to take on his yoke? Kind of goes back to what Mike was saying last week about dying to ourselves. I'm going to die to myself so I can take on Jesus' yoke. It takes humility to do that. Do we trust that he has once and for all dealt with all our sin and shame and guilt Do we trust that as we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of all unrighteousness? That we're no longer slaves to sin, we're slaves to righteousness. Do we trust that he accepts us purely on the basis of Jesus' righteousness and not my own? Do we actually daily walk in that truth and that freedom? Do we trust that he is able to provide all our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus? We don't need to be anxious about tomorrow. We really don't. I think it was Corrie Tenboom who says, worrying about tomorrow empties today of its joy. It does. It does. Do we trust that he actually will defend our cause? That he will fight our battles and we can rest in his strength and in his victory? Do we believe that? Or do we work out and act out like, actually, it's all down to me. I've got to fight my cause. No, we trust that he fights our battles. We can trust that our future is safe in his hands. We can trust that all his ways are just. It requires trust. Coming to Jesus and asking him to take our burdens is a huge statement of trust. Taking on his yoke is a huge statement of trust. Jesus, I believe what you say here. You know, taking on his yoke means we have to go in the direction he's going. (laughs) 
taking on his yoke means we have to go at the pace he's going. So often we want things to happen quicker. It means doing things his way, not our way. You know what? The yoke only gets heavy if we try and go our own way. Then it becomes a bit uncomfortable. You know, when we try and go ahead of the pace or try and lag behind or try and deviate. I've got a shortcut. Here we go. That's when the yoke becomes a bit uncomfortable. But listen, as we go in his direction, as we go in his pace, that is the way of rest. That is the way of real life. That is the way where rather than being burnt out and exhausted, we look back and go, wow, look what we've accomplished. Look what we've accomplished. The other beautiful thing is, as we lay down our burdens and give them to Jesus, it enables us to carry things that he wants us to carry. Because we're not so overburdened with fear and guilt and shame and and anxiety and pressure to perform. We've dropped all that. We're free to carry what he wants us to carry. You know, Jesus gives us not only just very generic to every Christian, the burden of making disciples of all nations, which is no small thing. He also gives specific tasks to specific desires, burdens, if you like. For different areas of ministry. You know, many of you probably already know what God has given you. It could be a burden for the homeless. You know, as Rachel came and just shared her heart, I want to raise awareness about this. I want to raise finance to help. I want to do something. There's a burden God's given her for the homeless. It might be a burden for, for young people. You're fed up of seeing disconnected, disengaged young people without any clue about what fatherhood is. Longing to be accepted. Maybe that's a passion, a burden that God's given you. Maybe it's a passion for marriages. You're fed up of seeing the statistics going up and up and up. Broken homes, broken relationships. Maybe you've got a passion to help single mums. Or those struggling with mental health issues. Or fostering and adoption. You're passionate to see God's wonderful gospel of adoption being modelled. You know, these are God-given burdens. And when we lay these unnecessary wrong burdens at Jesus' feet, it enables us to carry stuff he wants us to carry. But, and it again is a huge but, we still don't carry these burdens on our own. We're not to carry these burdens on our own. We'd be crushed by the enormity of the need. No, we always need to remember that even if God has given us a specific desire, a specific burden for something, ultimately and primarily, it is his burden. It is his yoke. He is the one taking the strain. We simply have the privilege of pulling with him in that particular area. And it is a joy and it is a privilege when we let him take the strain and we follow his path at his pace. You know, I was speaking to a couple of people in the church um, just this week, actually, about an area of ministry that they're serving in. And, and as, I was, as they were sharing, they were so full of passion and enthusiasm and joy about this particular area of ministry. It was amazing. It was very clear that this particular area of ministry was not a heavy burden to them. It wasn't burdensome. It wasn't laborious. They were full of energy when they spoke about it. It was very clear this was a God-given burden that they were running with. 
You know, they were clearly pulling in step with God. But as I said, it requires trust that he can carry our burdens. It also requires great humility and surrender to take on his yoke. And I think a key phrase here, which we sometimes skip over, where Jesus says, take my yoke and learn from me. Learn from me. Often, you know, Jesus was talking to the disciples in terms they could understand, farming terms. They knew what a yoke was. And often what they would do, they would put an inexperienced ox with an inexperienced ox. You know, one that was twice the size. And you could look at that and say, well, what's that little one doing? He's not pulling the weight. The big one's doing all the work. And yet that little one is learning what it feels like. He's learning the pace. He's learning the direction from the bigger, more experienced docs. And I just think it's a perfect picture of what Christian discipleship is like. When we take on Jesus' yoke, it's like, well, I'm not really making much of an impact here. It's Jesus doing the work. It's his Holy Spirit that's doing the, the main pulling. But we're learning. We're learning. And we're growing And it's just a wonderful picture of keeping in step with him. And as we are yoked to Jesus, he says, learn from me, watch me, so you can do the same. And and here's really a little caveat for this morning. Because not only does Jesus promise to carry our burdens... He also asks us to do the same for one another. That's the little caveat here. He takes our burdens so we can help bear one another's. So often, as Jesus Jesus often does, he first models what he then asks us to do. He models what, what he then asks us to do. So as we take on his yoke, as we learn from him, as we experience our own burdens being lifted so we can look around, who else looks really heavily burdened? Who else can I come alongside and say, can I share your load here? Back in Galatians, chapter after Paul has warned them, against being burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He goes on to say in chapter 6, verse 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? He, He explained a chapter earlier. It's simply loving your neighbor as yourself. In the context here in in chapter 6, it's all about helping to gently restore your fellow brother or sister, if they've fallen into sin or deception. And if they do, just like Jesus, we are to restore them with great gentleness and great grace and great humility. You know, there but for the grace of God go I. But it it just reminds me again of the fact that none of us are isolated individual islands. That's not what we've been called to be. You know, I looked at another survey this week. We live in such an isolated society. Did you know 60% of people haven't a clue who their neighbours are? 
Haven't a clue. 60%. They might recognize them, nod to them as they get into their car or run for the station, but they don't know them. 60% haven't a clue who they are. 72% of the UK say they have never got involved in a community event. 72%. And quite tragically, 73% of the UK say they, no, I wouldn't be confident about allowing my neighbor into my house to feed my pet when we're on holiday. That's kind of sad, isn't it? 73% said, I wouldn't let them in. No. Nah. The report went on to say, in a world where we can connect instantly around the globe, thanks to the internet, we're losing touch of those immediately around us. We're losing touch of literally next door. And so many people in our community are struggling with burdens struggling with debt, struggling with loneliness. And yet here we have the truth that not only do we have a God who can carry and lift our burdens, who we can take our daily struggles and our pain and our anxiety on his shoulders, in fact, every burden, but we also have a community here, a church family through whom we can find support and help and an encouragement to carry our burdens. Just reminds me when we did the survey when we first moved into Highfield Hall. We just asked people what, what their needs were. The number one need was, I'd love a greater sense of community. There's one guy literally just a couple of streets away. Lives in a, looks like a lovely little cul-de-sac. All the houses face each other. You think, I can't ignore my neighbors. We're all kind of facing each other. He said, I've been here five years. I haven't a clue who my neighbors are. I haven't a clue. We live in an isolated society. And the thing is, as we trust God enough to take our burdens, and we trust one another enough, because it requires trust again, to bear each other's burdens, what we're doing, we're actually, we're being a physical expression of Jesus, the burden carrier in our own communities. That's what we're doing. We're being a physical expression of Jesus. He is the burden carrier, and we're just demonstrating that to those around us, to this. You know, I love the fact that Jesus didn't say, come to me, all who have got their act together. You know, come to me, all who have figured this thing called life out, then I will give you rest. Well done. I'm so glad he didn't say that. Instead, he said, come to me with your baggage, with your burdens, with your mess-ups, with your mistakes, with your weariness, all your issues, and cast them onto me and I will give you rest. So often we think it's the other way. When I've got my life a little bit more sorted, I'll come back to church. Maybe when I've finished dealing with this horrible situation, then I'll stop getting back into prayer again. Maybe when this mountain's just got a little bit smaller, then I, I might start reading my Bible again. No, come to me, all who are burdened. Come with your baggage, come with your issues. Learn from me, watch how I work. It's not about striving, it's not about pulling harder, it's about pulling with me. Pull with me. That's why I love the messages translation of our Matthew 11 passage so much. Walk with me 
Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace, and I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Did you hear that? God won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You know, that's my prayer for each one of us, that we learn to live freely and lightly. You know, as we learn these these unforced rhythms of God's grace, as we learn to truly rest in Him, drawing our strength from Him, as we learn to daily cast our burdens and our cares on Him, as we carry each other's burdens, what we're doing, we're showing this very weary striving, lonely world, what real hope and what real rest looks like. Amen? Amen.